And good morning. It is 9.31 and joining me now, our good friend Barb Lampson will be in in a moment. Uh, it's a bit cold out there, so you might not be thinking much of gardening, but it's coming. Spring is in less than, I think, I want to say 33 days, if I recall. Yesterday we said 34, so 33 days spring will be here, Barb. And but that doesn't mean we can start planting outside yet. That just means spring officially starts. Yeah, that's right. Well, good morning, Karen. Hey, it's, you know, in spite of the cold weather, it's still incredibly beautiful outside. Oh, the white, it makes it look so clean, and the, the, the snow on the trees, is it does look really pretty, but I could do without maybe quite as cold. <laughs> right, and that blowing snow yesterday, that drifting, was quite that, a- that was pretty fierce. So, but you know what? The, the thing is, winter offers new opportunities to us to connect with the outdoors. I love the fact that I can look on the snow now and I can see these different tracks, the squirrels scurrying around. You can almost imagine what they were doing because they're, 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 they, they make these running tracks where they chase each other. They're out there just having great fun in the snow. Well, my, I have the deer in my yard that are going up to some of the, I've got some shrubs that I didn't trim all the vines off of the trellises and they're looking they must be hungry because they're eating that dead dried oh, sure. stuff and they've eaten all my bird seed and so yeah I've, I've got <sighs> a nuisance yeah a nuisance yeah you know um deer anything that big and um uh, and the city they just don't match we just there just is no place that they can be it's where us. they will stay it's our fault for invading their territory though. yes exactly right when you destroy habitat and uh, when you let a few start uh, you leave a few in your ravines and then the next thing you know you have a lot a lot but, you know I'm so amazed by the amount of food that the birds are eating right now we have oh yes and and it seems like like they're looking for sp- special things in their food so they seem like they're throwing out more things oh, see, from I just the have, feeder. I have pure uh, sunflower seeds and they just eat it all so oh, I don't sure. have they have no choice at mine. Well that's that's <laughs> that's a very good thing to do. Uh, maybe I have to switch to something like that but it's interesting what you see in your yard now and those tracks are so beautiful and the formations it's like we have snow sculptures. The shrubs are just you know they're 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 changing the shape of it and the houses when you take the green grass out and the green leaves and things and you put white on everything some of these houses that were different colors now they really come into their maximum most beautiful time of the year in color it just looks so great with that white snow so i just i love going out and just looking and the roofs having a white roof versus a dark colored roof unless you have ice dams of course <laughs> yes of course and i noticed coming in this morning that there are a lot of houses that have huge icicles on them, yeah, which usually represents there's stems. lost heat mm-hmm. coming out of the attic. You need to get some more insulation in there, which is an easy thing to do. But, you know, we went to a great meeting last week. And That's right. Barb and I went on a road trip together with chauffeur <coughs> Dave. Your husband yes. drove, and, and you and I chatted the whole time, and every once in a while you could hear your husband chuckle. Yes, yes, <laughs> exactly. And, and Dave uh, is 
a member of the Hostess Society, too, where we went, enjoys that group and enjoys the people. Also is a member over in Waseca of our garden club there. Enjoys, you know, I am so happy to see so many men that are interested in gardening and that are taking a real active role with their wife. That's a, it's a great activity. But we had a great speaker, and I just thought maybe we could mention a couple of the highlights from our, or not, I want to mention this is the Minnesota State Hosta Society, mm-hmm. and it's it's really reasonable to become a member. It's only $10 a year, right. and they have these meetings up in the cities. And I have never gone to a meeting, except the first one I've gone to was you, and they did have a great speaker. Let's talk about it. Okay, so Betty Fenton, uh, she was brought in because her specialty, among other things, and her husband specialty. Yeah, she is uh, is a specialist on container gardenings, uh, container pots. And what she does is they love hostas. So of course they're hosta society members. But she, when you have hostas, she wanted to find a way to incorporate more color into the garden. And so she started designing pots. And she talked about all of their life, she and her husband, when they were vacationing and that, they collected ceramic, cement, um, clay, pottery pots, and she loves them. And she talked about how you use pots to show off the beauty of the pot and also to have a beautiful arrangement on top. And she had some really interesting things. She talked about uh, color and foliage. And and texture, especially. Texture. She said, you know, this is such an important thing. And mixing pots together are standalone pots like one pot if it's done well it can hold its it the 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 viewer's eye yeah it can be a feature that's exactly right now one of the thing i thought that was interesting that she said i always think of when i'm doing a container pot i always think of like what are the flowers going to look like she said the first thing you should think of is the foliage she says first think of there the foliage which i had not ever thought of it that way but i guess in the whole artistic um overall artistic look i guess the the texture is very important so whether that's some long skinny uh grasses you know yeah, or yeah, or some yeah. big you know you know and even that ferns will ferns, work yes because it, you you have to get your uh, plants that are cohesive with what their needs are and so if you've got a shade area that you're going to be putting this in you want to have shady plants. Coleus is one of the things she talked about a lot. And she talked about um, uh, ivy. And uh, she loves ivy a lot. And I can see why, because that will hang over and drape. And she talked about plants um, outliving their usefulness. Uh, As summer goes on, a lot of times they get laggy and leggy, I should say, and and taking out plants and putting ripping them out and putting something fresh. Do you know I I shared something with her that she did not know and she's going to try Barb. Okay. All right. So you know how a lot of times when you have petunias in your containers and and petunias are very beautiful, but toward getting later on in the summer, they sort of out do their blooming and they sort of look spent and yucky. Mm -hmm. So I said, have you ever tried the super Tunia Vista series because that one stays beautiful all season long and she said she had not heard of them Mm -hmm. she had not tried them but now she is going to try them so I feel like I was so happy I could give her back something because I will stand by those they're great in the landscape they I've had other petunias that you know toward getting toward the maybe the when it's hot in summer they just sort of 
poof, peter sure, out. And they sure. don't look good, but these <clears throat> Super Tunia Vista series, yeah. and they only come in uh, pinks and maybe kind of a more of a, a lighter whitish off-white kind of silver silverberry it's called mm-hmm. but that was one thing that um, I would really highly you recommend know, another thing that she talked about were the sun impatience yes and I'm going to try those now yes yeah I think that's a great idea too so if you have a, a space where you can use those but here's something that I thought was I'd never heard before she talked about miracle grow as a fertilizer and she said miracle grow will stain uh, concrete and brick. So if you're using, if you've got uh, uh, window boxes and you have a brick house, you don't want to be putting any uh, miracle grow to fertilize them because you can stain the brick on your house. You I did not know that either. Concrete. You can stain pots with that. So she says it's a good product, but just know that. And the one thing she doesn't use are plastic pots because the plants can't breathe as well. And that would be so important because you know how plastic that would keep out the air. And we want the roots to have good air circulation. And that's why we put loose soil in to start out with. So so you know, some really, really good tips from her. And one another thing I wanted to mention that I thought was really interesting. A lot of times she will use perennials in her container <coughs> pots. And I usually just use annuals because I put my perennials in the ground. But she talked about using things like coral bells, hucheras. Yes. And other and hostas. And, and hostas. Yes. And that's something, I guess I think, well, if I'm going to keep them, I'll you know, want to leave them in the ground because they're perennials and they'll come back. But th- she showed some pictures showing them just looking outstanding. And also the use of some tropical plants. She used like the elephant plant, which is a, a The big, elephant ear, yes. Yeah, that. elephant ear, yes. And, the, and then she had them placed in the garden with a number of pots together and they kind of formed like you describe it as a symphony a melody and right. they just stood out and you know they're this big tropical looking amongst these other the coleus and other things so i just think the texture was a big uh, part that i learned that i haven't really taken advantage of it, she did something that's uh, that's uh, really interesting too um, she had a fence a privacy fence and she had used pots and boxes on that garden boxes and her uh Friends call it jewelry on the fence. Yes. And so, again, here is, you know, it's a vertical space. If you've always wanted to try things, but you haven't had enough space, but be sure that you have it in it so that you can water things. She talked about um, uh, watering and the right soil and getting really light, good soil. And she also talked about these great big pots. A lot of times, she will use a liner or something in them um, a- and to build them up so that you don't have to fill them totally with soil well, so they're not so heavy. She used lava rock. Which she did. I used, that drains. That's great. Yeah. And see, now I use, I've used, and we've talked about this, because when you have a giant pot, and you know the roots aren't going to get down to the bottom because right. it's so tall or big and you don't want it to be so heavy. I've used things like plastic containers, you know, that I'm going to recycle anyway with leave the lids on and they just kind of pile up. Sure. And the, the, you can, the stuff, water can drain through there too, but she uses lava rocks and leaves them in the plastic bag that she gets from the store and some of the bigger ones and smaller ones she says she'll put the lava rock just yeah that was interesting to leave them in the plastic bag that you get them in you can reuse them the whole bag in there that's right well here's the reason why she does um the perennials as well as the tropicals is because she donates those plants in the fall she has 80 plus containers in her yard yard. and so she 
donates those plants and they take them out of all of her pots and put them in plants. And I believe it's the YMCA that get them. And then I, I think they sell them. So, <clears throat> you know, some that's really a nice thing to be able to do. I have to tell you, Betty is also a designer at the... Um, in, in Minnetonka at the Tonkaville yes. Nursery. So, um, you know, if you want to see her work and what she does, that's a good place to go. So. I wanted to say, you know, one thing about having container plants that she did that you and I don't, she has 80 of them, like you said, that's a lot of watering because you have to water them sometimes twice yep. a day. But she has a little special sprinkler system in her oh, yes. throughout in her yard. Ground, and it yes. pops up yeah. so that it can, uh, that was a question for her. So also her husband um, his big contribution to this is he loves bonsai. And we saw several of these marvelous trees that have been manipulated. The roots have been pruned. The tops have been pruned. All of this is done so perfectly. And they're in little containers. <clears throat> they're in little tiny containers. That's exactly right. This is very shallow. So sometimes in the summertime, they have to be watered more than once. So these sprinklers that come up from the yard... And, and reach the height, you can adjust this uh, height on them so that they sprinkle just right. But <clears throat> just wonderful things that you can do. I can see how the two of them would get carried away and 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 he would keep putting out more of these bonsai which are raised up in the air so you can see them they on stands they had actually special yeah they he had made them i don't know if they were wood or what they were but they were just yeah. like little uh, um pedestals. pedestals yeah little yeah, pedestals he yeah. made throughout the yard but they they all blended in so perfectly and by the way uh, betty um i believe it was last year in um uh, the uh, magazine, which is called Northern Gardening, mm -hmm. uh, the April-May issues uh, were There's featured like a about her. A uh, six-page spread, I think, a about spread her, on her garden. Yeah. And then she they were the Outstanding Garden. Last year, they received an award for that. So uh, very knowledgeable, very talented person. And you know... And Barb, were you inspired? I was so inspired. I mean, I took so many notes, and I went home, and I read all these things. And I, I called Betty... Oh, you did? And okay. I reached her. She was in Kabul, Mexico. Oh. She had left from there, and she went on vacation. And we had a really nice a conversation, and I thanked her. You know, the thing about joining an organization is you get exposure that you would not ever have dreamed of. These great people that come, that speak. You learn so much more. And, and you get inspired. You get inspired. Yes, you do. You sure do. I and looked at ordering sun patients, too, now. I'm thinking, because they, she said they actually grow better in the shade than they do in the sun. There's sun or shade, but she says sure. if, if it's, well, if it's not, if it's too deep a shade, you won't get the blossoms. But, I mean, at least they'll contain, or they'll have more shade, and they don't get the, the um, powdery mildew like the other regular impatients do. Yeah. You know, um, and the uh, regular impatients have had a problem with a disease that comes in with some of them. And once you plant them in your garden, uh, you better get them out, and you can't grow impatients in there for three or four years. So, so bear that in mind, too. This is just one of those things. Oh, one thing I wanted to mention about the Fintons. Um what was that? I, for, I forgot okay. what it was. It'll, it'll come back to me. It was something about growing something that I thought was a really important tip. Um, the We had a question, and somebody uh, wanted to know about the pH of the soil. And uh, if you don't know 
what the pH of the soil is that you're buying. And you don't know when you buy a plant, like a house plant, uh, which, what, should you, what should you buy then? And, and the thing that's important is most things will grow, most now. And like a house plant, if the pH is between 6 and 7, that is really kind of a safe zone. Now, when you're looking at cactus and succulents, you want to have a different type of soil. And it will tell you that. And it'll probably just say, use a good mix of cactus soil or succulent soil. So it'll tell you that. But if you just buy a house plant now, or if you were given a house plant for Valentine's Day, it's gonna you're going to take perfect care of it. It's going to get bigger. You're going to take it out of its pot and move it into the next size pot. Then you want to just get a good soil and it should be well drained this is this is soil that's going to be well drained because one thing that when you have a pot it is so easy to get those roots waterlogged and that is not good meaning you need a drain hole and a lot of times even for valentine's day some stores will sell these these pots where they're really cute but yes. they don't have a drain hole. I know. And and that stuff builds up. You're going to get root rot and it's going to sure. lose the plant. So, and, and if you have a plant and it came to you and it's in foil. Uh, oh, take it off. Yeah, take the foil off too. And remember what Betty says is that plastic doesn't allow the plant, the, the roots to get that air that they should have. So in the future, when it warms up, when you have time, you might want to just get it out of that pot and get it into something where it can breathe better. The other thing about uh, houseplants, or if you got um, cut flowers, an arrangement, um, I got some lovely roses from my husband. And the that he grew himself. Oh yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. But great, great roses. I recut the stems uh, yesterday. I got them a little earlier in the week, and uh, because they do have a uh, a tendency to scale over, and they can't take up as much moisture. Don't so, sometimes they say you should cut them every day to give them a fresh uptake? Well, I don't know if you have to cut them every day, but they do say the best thing to do is when you're cutting them is to cut them. Underwater, so you have a bowl of water. You put the stem in there, and then you cut it there, and then you plunge it immediately into the warm water. Back and I've in also there. Uh, heard that you need to cut it with a knife or something sharp versus a scissors, because if you use a scissors, it kind of crushes it. So you think of like a straw. When you use a scissors, it kind of squishes right. it together and crimps it, so it actually prohibits some of the water uptake. Sure. So it's better to use like a real sharp knife and cut it at a nice angle, so it's got more yeah, surface so you area. Just you're hanging on to it, and then you just go down the side. Yes, so you want to expose the most amount of bare bark yes. that you can, or bears of the stem, uh, that skin that's on there. So this is one time when you want to do that. And then the other thing is, uh, be sure that you don't take uh, a beautiful bouquet of roses and put it where it's sunny. It doesn't need sunlight. Now, it's done growing. You just want to keep it in the best conditions. And you know when you buy them, they're always in a refrigerator they're cool they're moist and so keep them in those those type of conditions uh, change the water and if you got uh, a preservative um, after you change the water be sure to add that preservative back in because it really does help the flowers last longer and I'm just amazed by the quality of flowers that we have now they will last much longer than what they used to and, and if there's any foliage under the water because a lot of times oh, I yeah. think they get really busy so I think sometimes maybe they don't pay quite as close attention if there's any leaves or anything that's under the water get Take sure. those off because they'll rot and they'll start to stink and also sure. make it spoil quicker. So 
you just want the stems. Yeah, just the stems. And you know what I like to do? When I think my roses are just about done, before they start dropping their petals, I take them out of the water, I tie them up, and I hang them up. I turn them upside down oh. with the with the blooms hanging down, and I dry them. And you get this beautiful dried arrangement of flowers then. And then when you start uh, picking things out of your garden and you're drying them, you can mix these in. Just absolutely gorgeous. If you haven't done that before, do that. Take all the foliage off. Uh, take a rubber band because a rubber band will tighten them as these stems and things shrink. Hang them up upside down and out of the sunlight. You can even put them in a in a, um, a paper bag if you have one, like a grocery bag. And it, but they should it should be hung then because mm-hmm. you don't want anything like an ornament crushing the petals because they're very tender. Leave them in there, let them dry, and they're they're really nice, just really gorgeous. How so, many bags of of dried flowers do you have hanging around, Barb? Yeah, <laughs> That's what right, I want to know. Right. <laughs> this yeah. Basement is full of dried yeah. things. You know what I did one day? I had some smaller roses. I just thought they were so gorgeous. They were like a baby rose, and I had dried them, and I had them. I have a chandelier, and I had wove them into there with some other things. I thought they were absolutely gorgeous. As it turned out, they were pretty much a dust collector up in oh, there. Sure. And so I still couldn't get rid of them. So I took <laughs> the bud, the f- dried flower, and I took the petals out. And I, and I and put you went, he loves me? He loves me not. He no, loves I, me. Okay. <laughs> I put them on the dining room table. Oh. I spread them out on a on a cloth on the dining room table. Uh, it was a runner. And I thought, oh my gosh, and then put some candles on there. I thought it looked really great. And it just, uh, the moment lasted longer that way. It, w- it was really cool. You know, when you dry something and you keep it out of the sunlight, it's surprising how much color you'll keep in it. So the, the roses I got are a, a deep, deep yellow, kind of like this shirt you have on today, our Master Gardener shirt there, mm-hmm. and with red edging on the on the, oh. on the edges. I just, I love it. I can't wait to see what it looks like when it's dried. You know, Barb, I tell my husband not to get me uh, cut flowers because I'd rather have a gift card so I can go buy something to actually put yes. in the garden that will last forever. So so I, he, he knows that now because I, I we're, we're both kind of frugal, and I say, well, if you're going to get me something, you know, get me something that's going to last. So, he, you know, he knows that now. And, I, I, and I we made a big... Great. We had a big Valentine's Day at Menards last night looking at windows for the, the lake house. <laughs> oh, there you go. The, the practical person. Right. Yeah. That's yeah. Awesome. You know, um, I got a plant. We do a uh, plant exchange at our garden club in Wasika, which is always fun. And sometimes it's it's roots and it's perennials, but sometimes it's it's annuals or houseplants. And I received a plant that was labeled as a German lily. And I knew it wasn't a German lily, but that that's the way common names are. Maybe somebody thought it reminded them of, of that. And and I kept thinking, I wish I could find the name. And I kept looking at houseplants and trying to see if I could find something that looked similar to that. And I found something that was in the same family, the same genus. It is um, a streptocarpus. And... Um, it sounds like a disease, kind of. It sounds like <laughs> it, but but I um, got a different um, um, species of this, 
And it's a smaller, the leaves are the same, the blooms are the same. And so now I know at least uh, what genus I'm in. Wait so a I second, can find the is that also known as a Cape Primrose? Because that's what I'm looking here. I typed in Streptocarpus and it says Cape Primrose. It looks so much like a primrose. That's what it and says. And the foliage is like that. Yes, exactly. Just, but boy, it, um, unlike any primrose that I've ever had, these are eager growers, eager bloomers. And what you have to do with this plant, it has um, uh, one thing that, that nobody tells you about is if you have it in a clay pot, you want to take and soften the edge of the clay pot. And I use duct tape. I just make a ring around soften? there. Soften? What do you mean soften? Well, you have to uh, cover it up because the clay, the leaves are so soft. And as they grow, they lay down over the edge of the pot okay and and they will just from you turning them in that you will bruise them oh and you'll wow. lose those leaves so you just take your clay pot take some uh, I suppose it's an inch and a half to two inch duct tape and make cover that whole lid it'll come up over the sides and then as the leaf grows it gets bigger and that you keep getting more and more leaves so it's filled out so that you can't you'll never see this again because the leaves will go over that tape and and well, that won't the tape bruise them it's no because the tape has got a smooth surface to it so oh, it okay. w you know it's you know how clay is it's porous it's very right. very porous right that's why it bre breathes in that and so as you're watering and you're turning your plant uh, it, it, you just it just they just get bruised very easily and you'll find that's true with African violets too if you have them in a clay pot you have to put something around that edge otherwise you have those leaves that are they're getting spots on them and eventually oh. they die but you don't want to use plastic pots though do you no I we no, just talked about plastic pots not that's good. the way they come but yeah. no I and I like I have a lot of clay pots, but I have to say, when it comes to really big pots, sometimes um, a plastic pot is the only thing you can use because so the heavy. clay ones get so heavy you can't move them around. Well, you know, they've got new ones now that are, I don't know if they're something kind of about foam or something, but yeah. and I don't know how those are for drainage, but I know you can buy them, and they're quite expensive, some of them, but they, they even have some more maybe a textured decor on them, but they, they're some sort of a... a foam that makes them light, but I do not know how they are in terms of the breathing. I have one of those. I don't know how they are for breathing. They are certainly much lighter, but I will tell you this, even with a big plant in them, um, the wind will catch them yes. and blow them over. They just, you know, they're not as stable. So you have to kind of watch if it's a windy day. Um, maybe you can just go and prop them up with something else. So. Maybe that's where the lava rocks would help. You know, they a little would. heavier. Yeah, yeah, that, that's, a, that's a good thought, too. Have you ever, and I've had to do this where you get the wind and a pot blows over, so you actually have to have a stake and you have to stick it through the middle, through the, the drain hole, because otherwise that's the only way to keep the, the yeah. thing in from blowing away. Yeah, that, that's right. You know, and anytime you get things up in the air more, it's like it catches the wind more. So if you have a big pot and you have things that aren't as high, that's not as much of a problem. But Hey, I, and I wanted to say, if you are going to order from catalogs, do it soon because they are already running out of of uh, out of stock in certain types of uh, hey, plants and seeds. Yes, so yes. if you haven't done it, uh, think Karen, about that. I'm here to tell you, I after my trip to this uh, meeting, 
I did get my order in. I've got my stuff ordered. I'm feeling really good about that. Now, I what can't. did you order? For seeds, you mean? Oh, yeah. I ordered seeds, and I ordered one new daylily. Ah. I have never ordered a daylily out of a catalog mm-hmm. before, so I don't know what I'm going to get, but I'll just try it once, and there's a guarantee if it doesn't grow. You know, I don't know if it's going to be so small that it's going to take me several years. You know, it's like when we buy something... We like to see it bloom right away. Right away is right. Well, you if, know, I told you I did the bare root, and you, all you get are sometimes like with a, a hosta, you get an eye or two. So it does take a while before those. I mean, the, well, they they came up, but they're going to take a while before they get full. Like probably three years before. Yeah. So you pay a lot less, but you wait a lot longer. Yeah, yeah. That and if you can wait, um, I got something uh, before I went on the air from Tim. And there is a meeting, I think they've been talking about it on their program, up at Good Council on Saturday. It's a seed uh, seed exchangers. Really? So, uh, why didn't I get that? I, I don't know. Hmm. So it's the Mankato Food slash Seed Swap. That's from 1 to 5 at the Living Earth Center. That's up at Good Council. That's oh, wait. The, I think, wait a second. Is this it? It's Okay, it says Sunday. It's this Sunday. Yes, it is. Okay, yep. It says, I do have that. It says the seed and food swap, and it's about the, it's a screening of a a movie, too, called The Untold Story uh, Community Screening, and it's free. Right? Yeah. And so um, you can bring your seeds, and you can swap, and and you should have them labeled. It's open to anybody. And then the last thing they're going to do, it looks from three to five, is the documentary. It's called Screening of Seed, The Untold Story, followed by a discussion. Yeah, and I have here, Barb, it says, so the schedule is 1 to 2 p.m. They'll have the swap and check-in and set up. Mm -hmm. And then 2 to 3 is the actual food and seed swap. And then 3 to 3.30, coffee break and reception. And then is the screening of the seed, the untold story, followed by the discussion. And it says it's free, and you can register, though. So you can go online at, let me check, so if people want to register. And it's, um, let's see. So, it's well, that's under an event bright. That's not helping me out here. But, yeah, I, I didn't realize that. But it says if you don't have seeds or food, don't worry. You can still take advantage of all the other stuff. So, And, you know, this is going to be a great uh, um, movie that they're, they're having. This whole thing, we all know that we're getting less and less variety in our seeds. So we're losing those old uh, uh, tried and true varieties that we had. And, and that that is interesting. And with the genetically modified seeds, uh, with them, there are fertilizers that are produced that match them that you can't use with other, th- other seeds. So this, uh, you need to go there. You need to find out about that. And if you're growing things, uh, you know, just come and walk through and see what people have and and talk to people about what they're growing and why they like what they're growing. And I did find the website here. So you can go to www.livingearthcentermn.org. So it's livingearthcentermn.org to find out how you can register or uh, all the other events they have and going And you on. don't have to register. No, I mean, you don't have to. Unless you're going to have a table or something, True. you know, just uh, show just, up. Yeah, just show up, right. Huh. Well, so. I'm glad you, you mentioned that because I guess I did have that and hadn't uh, brought it up. So thanks, Barb, and that's at the uh, Notre Dame Conference Center here in Mankato. Right. So good stuff. All right, thanks, Barb. Hey, thank you, Karen. We'll see you next week. All right, keep dreaming. I'm Garth.